Chapter thirty eight of the History of Burke and Hare and of the Resurrectionist Times. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History of Burke and Hare by George McGregor. Chapter thirty eight inquiry into dr knox's relations with burke and hare report of investigating committee the violent outbreak of public feeling described in the last chapter against dr knox seems at last to have moved him to take some means to clear himself from the imputations cast upon him for his connection with burke and hare and to attempt to set himself right with the people who were likely to proceed to even more extreme measures than any to which they had yet resorted accordingly it was intimated in the current of thursday twelve february that at the desire of dr knox and his friends ten gentlemen with the marquis of queensbury at their head had agreed to make a full and fair investigation into all dr knox's dealings with the westport criminals and to make a report to the public in the same newspaper on monday the twenty third of february it was stated simply that the noble marquis had withdrawn from the committee of investigation no reason for this withdrawal is given the committee of investigation certainly took plenty of time to inquire into the matter they had undertaken and to prepare their report for it was not until saturday the twenty first of march eighteen twenty nine that the result of their labours was published in the current this report certainly by no means the least important document in connection with the westport tragedies in their relationship to medical science was as follows the committee who at the request of dr knox undertook to investigate the truth or falsehood of the rumours in circulation regarding him have gone into an extensive examination of evidence in the course of which they have courted information from every quarter they have been readily furnished with all which they required from dr knox himself and though they have failed in some attempts to procure evidence they have in most quarters succeeded in obtaining it and especially from those persons who have been represented to them as having spoken the most confidently in support of those rumours and they have unanimously agreed on the following report one the committee have seen no evidence that dr knox or his assistants knew that murder was committed in procuring any of the subjects brought to his rooms and the committee firmly believe that they did not two on the question whether any suspicion of murder at any time existed in dr knox's mind the committee would observe that there were certainly several circumstances already known to the public regarding some of the subjects brought by burke and hare which now that the truth has come out appear calculated to excite their suspicion particularly the very early period after death at which they were brought to the rooms and the absence of external marks of disease together with the opinion previously expressed by dr knox in common with most other anatomists of the generally abandoned character of persons engaged in this traffic but on the other hand the committee after most anxious inquiry have found no evidence of their actually having excited it in the mind of dr knox or of any other of the individuals who saw the bodies of these unfortunate persons prior to the apprehension of burke 
these bodies do not appear in any instance to have borne external marks by which it could have been known whether they had died by violence or suddenly from natural causes or from disease of short duration and the mode of protracted anatomical dissection practised in this and other similar establishments is such as would have made it very difficult to ascertain the cause of death even if special inquiry had been instituted with that intention no evidence whatever has come before the committee that any suspicion of murder was expressed to dr knox by any one either of his assistants or of his very numerous class amounting to upwards of four hundred students or other persons who were in the practice of frequently visiting his rooms and there are several circumstances in his conduct particularly the complete publicity with which his establishment was managed and his anxiety to lay each subject before the students as soon as possible after its reception which seemed to the committee to indicate that he had no suspicion of the atrocious means by which they had been procured it has also been proved to the satisfaction of the committee that no mutilation or disfigurement of any kind was ever practised with a view to conceal the features or abstract unreasonably any part of the body the presence of which would have facilitated detection and it appears clearly that the subjects brought by burke and hare were dissected in the same protracted manner as those procured from any other quarter three the committee have thought it proper to inquire further whether there was anything faulty or negligent in the regulations under which the subjects were received into dr knox's rooms which gave or might give a peculiar facility to the disposal of the bodies obtained by these crimes and on this point they think it their duty to state their opinion fully it appears in evidence that dr knox had formed and expressed the opinion long prior to any dealing with burke and hare that a considerable supply of subjects for anatomical purposes might be procured by purchase and without any crime from the relatives or connections of deceased persons of the lowest ranks of society in forming this opinion whether mistaken or not the committee cannot consider dr knox to have been culpable they believe that there is nothing contrary to the law of the land in procuring subjects for dissection in that way and they know that the opinion which dr knox had formed on this point though never acted on to any extent in this country has been avowed by others of the highest character in the profession but they think that dr knox acted on this opinion in a very incautious manner this preconceived opinion seems to have led him to give a ready ear to the plausible stories of burke who appears from all the evidence before the committee to have conducted himself with great address and appearance of honesty as well in his connections with dr knox as in his more frequent intercourse with his assistants and always to have represented himself as engaged in negotiations of that description and occasionally to have asked and obtained money in advance to enable him and his associate to conclude bargains unfortunately also dr knox has been led apparently in consequence of the extent and variety of his avocations to entrust the dealings with persons supplying subjects and the reception of the subjects bought to his assistants seven in number 
and to his doorkeeper indiscriminately it appears also that he directed or allowed these dealings to be conducted on the understanding common to him with some other anatomists that it would only tend to diminish or divert the supply of subjects to make any particular inquiry of the persons bringing them in these respects the committee consider the practice which was then adopted in dr knox's rooms whatever be the usage in this or other establishments in regard to subjects obtained in the ordinary way to have been very improper in the case of persons bringing bodies which had not been interred they think that the notoriously bad character of persons who generally engage in such traffic in addition to the novelty and particular nature of the system on which these men professed to be acting undoubtedly demanded greater vigilance the extent therefore to which judging from the evidence which they have been able to procure the committee think dr knox can be blamed on account of transactions with burke and hare is that by this laxity of the regulations under which bodies were received into his rooms he unintentionally gave a degree of facility to the disposal of the victims of their crimes which under better regulation would not have existed and which is doubtless matter of deep and lasting regret not only to himself but to all who have reflected on the importance and are therefore interested in the prosecution of the study of anatomy but while they point out this circumstance as the only ground of censure which they can discover in the conduct of dr knox it is fair to observe that perhaps the recent disclosures have made it appear reprehensible to many who would not otherwise have adverted to its possible consequences this report was signed by john robeson chairman james russell thomas allen w p allison george ballingall george sinclair w hamilton john robeson for m p brown esq and john shaw stewart the intention of the committee evidently was by it to clear dr knox from the aspersions cast upon him and this was a result far from satisfactory to a very large section of the community the feeling was that patterson the doorkeeper mentioned in the report was as that individual himself put it being made the scapegoat for a personage in higher life however the matter was allowed to rest there End of chapter thirty eight